Dude, I appreciate the time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Running around Nam. How many years have you been coming to Nam now? Uh, shoot, I think this is probably year 11, year 12 for me. You know, so it's a uh, every year it's crazy new products and all that stuff. So it's just uh, always Nam madness. If you will. <laughs> Nam mania. I was right. calling it earlier. Right, right. Do you have anything coming out this year specifically, or are you just networking yeah, you, old friends? Yeah, you know, it's it's every year. It's a different thing. You know, to see my you know sponsors, endorsers, and you know seeing old friends and you know. Over the years, everything's everybody's become a family, so it's kind of become a family reunion, you know, of sorts every single year, you know, and just kind of building up for you know years touring and uh, studio sessions. Yeah, it really is kind of like the the beginning of each year, you know, just as Christmas and New Year's, it's like okay, then Nam, and then the year gets going. And exactly. Start happening, yeah, know? I mean, most of the industry shuts down in mid-November anyway, so this right. is kind of the uh, the kickoff to the whole thing. And speaking of the winter in December, you were uh, in my neck of the woods not too long ago, drawing a blank on exactly when it was my head swimming and all this Namania, but Ted Nugent playing at the cave, Big Bear. Yeah, yeah, we played up there in, uh, I believe, July. And, Has it been uh, that long now? Yeah, yeah well. you know, usually, usually with, with Nugent we do, you know, like a July, June, July, August, you know, July, August, September, that whole thing. And, uh, you know, he likes to get it done in one swoop because the rest of the year he's hunting, so, you know, <laughs> right. it's pretty much a, a, a yearly uh, commute to, you know, up to Big Bear and, you know, North LA and LA area, right? Sorts. Yeah, we're, we're we're like basically at the bottom of the mountain. That's where our radio station is. It's to give you some some kind of geographical landscape. And how long has it been now with Nugent? Uh, this year will be my fifth year. Wow, it's just crazy how time flies. And you know, I couldn't ask for a better uh, you know, person to work for. And he's such a rock legend. And you know, coming into the gig, I always knew he was a great guitar player. And I actually, I, you know, I toured uh, opening for Ted in 2014. Ah, so and, that's where he got you. And yeah, got to know was, you. That was a tour before I joined. And, you know, I, even that, I knew he was a great guitar player. But until you actually play with the guy, it's just insane how much of you know a musical ear he has, and just you know the stuff he pulls out of his ass instantly. It's just crazy. And it's a trio. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. Like he's going to notice you anyways. But there's really like there's nowhere bass guitar. Like you exactly. got to be on your game. Well, it's it's great because you know it's it's really that old school you know cream and, and mountain and the who and you know these James bands Dang. these bands that had drums bass guitar you know it's that old school vibe and he really really loves that you know because it really gives all three of us to you know kind of explore a little bit more on top of have a little more musicality within the songs. And and can we talk about the the Motor City Madman a little bit get get inside his head a little bit like is is he the guy that's calling out different songs? doing the set list live basically or is he writing it out every oh, night no no no, no. We, we have a set list but you know it, every night it's there's one song that gets changed or you know there's been times where he's called out a song we haven't played in like two years on stage oh wow so you, you know, just got to be ready to oh, go yeah, yeah he expects us to you know to be at 110 percent you know know our know our stuff and you know that really was why we're here doing the job and you know honestly i i prefer it because it keeps the job fresh every single gig's different you know i say probably 70 percent of the gigs improvise because, you know, we go on these long, you know, extended jams and stuff like that, which, again, it goes back to that old school way of playing that doesn't really happen too much these days. I don't know if it's a lame question or not, but I'm curious. I was a kid to play drums until, like, high school and stuff, but what's your favorite to play every night with Ted? Uh, oh, I mean, it's... All of it's great, you know, but... Of course, but you what's, you look, what's you look, one that you look, look forward at, to? You look at, like, Stranglehold, you know, that's just such an iconic song, and, you know, it's the simplest drum song in the entire set, but, right. you know... This last year, we actually opened the set with Stranglehold. Oh, wow. Which is a different change of pace. And, you know, going into it, I didn't know what to expect. But the fans loved it because it just, it, it 
literally instantly you're you're getting just into the destroyed show. by you know Ted's iconic guitar lick. You still putting out new music, right? Yeah, we put out a new record uh, last uh, about a year ago, and uh, it was a great record. You know, really really cool. We recorded the whole thing in five hours. Wow. <laughs> and uh, you know, down in Waco, Texas, and it, it was again going back to it's, it's all old school approach. You know, there's there's nothing. There's not a lot of pre-production not or a lot anything. Of pre-production. It was just you know two days of us just kind of sitting in with Ted's idea that he had a guitar and then you know I didn't even really even hear the lyrics when we cut the tracks because he was still kind of trying to write them you know so it's it, it was super super just on the cuff organic nothing overthought just you know really really cool record that's how, that's how I imagine like oh, I got this riff let's just bounce on this and see what happens exactly let me ask you a, a philosophical question as a drummer are you making time or keeping time <laughs> Uh, well, it's it's a combination of both with Ted, you know, and again, and that, that that question varies from gig to gig or, you know, <laughs> who you're playing with. Exactly. You know, um, you know, with Ted, it's most of it. You got to follow him because he's going to be he's going to be you know doing his thing. And and, uh, you know, but again, there is times where, you know, I've got to hold down the fort and Stranglehold really is one of them because, again, that's it's such a steady song and the same groove throughout the nine minutes that that song is. <laughs> You know, so again, it just varies, you know, song to song. Tell me something about Ted that we wouldn't expect to know, like a different side of him that we wouldn't see. I mean, we know he's a Motor City madman, we know he's a maniac, but like, I don't know, maybe a little tender side of him or something. I don't you know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of paint that opposite well, picture he, of him. he really, really is one of the best guys to work for. You know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better boss. The whole Nugent family has embraced my family as his family. You know, he, uh, he took me hunting this last November for the first time ever. You How know, was that experience? That was phenomenal. He, you know, ordered me a gun. You know, <laughs> I, it's not that I'm against hunting. It's just I just never, I'm not an outdoorsy person, so I just never did it. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Detroit. Okay. Know, so it, he, he, I'm yeah. surrounded by hunting stuff. So it, it's just, you know, weird, but I'm not, I've never been an outdoorsy person. I was too busy drumming. Right. <laughs> In garages instead of outdoors. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, it was great. So, you know, the night before opening season of gun, he took me out to the tree blind when he was bow hunting and you know it was like uh, almost like a you know uncle or grandfather Ted right know, to me as opposed to my you know crazy guitar player guitar boss and he so he does slow down he's not always going a mile a minute he does have a, other gears to oh him. yeah well even 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 in that situation you know, he, he he gets so so into you know the hunting and stuff like that and it's really a spiritual you know uh, experience for him and uh, he really conveyed that when we were hunting and you know when I got my first deer he had a crazy look in his eye because he was so excited like a proud dad almost. oh absolutely you know and, and it's the side that Ted that people don't really see yeah that's great to hear man that's what that's why I was looking for it kind of humanize him a little bit you absolutely. know what I mean and I uh, wanted to talk to you obviously being a drummer and still saddened over the news your thoughts on the passing of Neil Peart well you know it, it, it's crazy because you know when, when, when people pass away a lot of it's kind of like oh you know that sucks but you know when I seen Anil died I was just like wow and I'm still kind of in shock yeah and you know I've never been one to be a, a huge 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 Neil Peart fan I love Rush um, but I did go through a massive Neil Peart phase when I was like between the age of 8 and like 12 right everyone has that phase I was that Rush really phase. really into it you know my first like real professional working band we were playing Spirit of Radio and YYZ yeah and uh, you know when I got my first artist kit from Pearl when I was 10 my parents went out and bought uh, you know the, the Sabian Paragon series that just came out the Neil Peart signature symbol 
So I had the whole thing, and looking back, it's still, you know, Neil, it blows my mind how much of a public, you know, loss this has been, not just in the drumming world, not just in the music world, but, you know, just the general public in, in general, just, you know, just amazing, the, you know, the feedback. For a very private guy. Exactly. You know, he wasn't the guy that, he wasn't a Tommy Lee, or like, he wasn't this, he's a larger-than-life personality, but he wasn't out there all the time. He yeah. was the more shy, reserved guy. And you can't forget, what a lyricist. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that he wrote most of the lyrics to all the Rush songs. Yeah, like all of them. It's insane. And, you know, it's 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 really crazy. Like, I, met, I, I was fortunate to meet Getty and Alex and seen Rush only once, with, you know, in 07. Okay. And, you know, Neil just didn't come out because he's right, he such a private guy. But, you know, again, Neil Peart's one of those guys to where everybody knows him. You know, you name three drummers that everybody knows, it's John Bonham, Buddy Rich, and Neil Peart. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's uh, just a loss for the, you know, the music world and, of course, drum world. And another last thing I kind of on him that gets lost in it, great player, great lyricist, but I also think you should get the kudos for staying technological relevant. You know Absolutely. what I mean? A guy from... 70s, he always like kept incorporating new drums and sounds and growing, and he didn't just stick to his, you know, yeah, 1979 Tama set or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. He, he, was, he kept he up. Always, with it. always changing. And you know, back in the 90s, he went and studied with Freddie Gruber, iconic drum instructor. You know, and he was always trying to make himself better, always trying to try something new and you know, innovate it. You know, he was just again one of the one of the greatest of all time. Last couple of things for you, Jason. I appreciate all the time. Just have some fun as music fans, since that's what we're talking about. I've been joking a lot on the radio. 2020 being the year of reunions, and there's four of them that are out there in the kind of rock space. But a little bit out of your wheelhouse, but I'm sure you have an opinion. Kind of curious out of the four, who's who, who's kind of piquing your interest? And I look at it. We've got the Black Crows, Motley Crue, Rage Against the Machine, My Chemical Romance. I toured with Motley Crue opening in 2009, so it's you know kind of cool to you know see them come back out. But you know, for me, what band was that with? Uh, it was a band called Shram. Uh, we were Shram. We were on uh, okay. the Crew Fest two tour. Okay, on the and, second uh, one. Yep, and you know, we did the three months thing, and I was 14 at the time, so that was a that was that was my first big amphitheater tour. Wow. And uh, you know, so that's a little more you know closer to my connection. But um, you know, unfortunately, I'm always on the road in the summer, so I I, right. I, I won't ever get to see any of these. Uh, you know hypothetical yeah you know so yeah so crew it yeah crew would be probably see I'm I, I, crew was kind of my my gateway band and I'm, I'm I'm that guy that's a little little burnt right now that they came back they made such a big deal about going away and the contract and the whole deal and now they kind of came back like, yeah well you know I, I look at I look at it as a standpoint that movie was such a big impact on you know the younger generation seeing Motley and you know not never even in a chance because they didn't know who the hell they were so I look at it as like that they're trying to you know obviously try to make a couple extra bucks in, 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 the, in the process but uh, the main reason I think it's a good thing is the younger generation is going to be able to see Motley you know and of course that that bill that they're having in that Master Stadium tour is you know the 80s hair band dream yeah yeah it's funny, you know. I, I wonder now, as a as a rock fan, do we believe any band now? Every time that farewell tour goes, that farewell gets announced, do we just say, "Ah, oh, that'll be back in a well, few years"? Well, my favorite band of all time is the Who. They've been doing, you know, they did the first farewell tour. 
I think 82, <laughs> you know, and uh, and then they did another one in 89, and they did another one, you know, so it's, it's one of those things, you know, people say they're going to do it, then they get back to touring, and, you know, they see the interest still in the fans, and they, you know, why, why stop now if they physically can still do it? You know, when you physically can't do it anymore, that's when you're like, okay, that's when it should stop. Yeah, hopefully. Last one for you, and just to have some fun talking about other bands and stuff. I like putting bands in categories, kind of like with that question about the comebacks. And then we were talking about Molly and that tour being 80s. Let me ask you a 90s rock question. Put bands in a category of five, make you choose your favorite out of the five. Not that it's a tour or anything that could happen, just you're the biggest fan out of these five bands, which I call the Flannel Five, to kind of encapsulate 90s rock. So, right, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, who's your number one off of that list? That's an extremely hard question. I was born in 1994, and that's one of my least favorite genres. <laughs> so, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, if there was a band that I do have a record, I, it would be Nirvana. You know, Dave Grohl's playing on those records are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, Nevermind is a timeless classic, so I would I would say Nirvana. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of the, the poster child for that whole movie. Exactly. And Grohl's drawing, like you said. Well, dude, I appreciate all the time. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios,